ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وخيرته من خلقه وامينه على وحيه ارسله رب رحمه للعالمين وحجه على خلقي وعبادي اجمعين واسال الله ان يجعلنا من صالح امته وان يحشرنا يوم القيامه في زمرتي ثم ما بعد ايها الاخوه الكرام ريسبكتد اولدرز برادر ان اسلام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته وي بريز الله سبحانه وتعالى وي سيك ديفاين ايد وي سيك اسيستنس هم سيف الله ازوجل جايز ان كان مسكايد and whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal miscarries then can guide. I be with the Sadana is right to be worshipped except Allah Azza wa Jal alone, without any partner, and I testify that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger. Therefore proceed, فَيَا أَيُّوَا النَّاسِ إِتَّقُوا اللَّهُ تَعَالَى حَقَّ التَّقْوَىٰ O servants of Allah, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in open and secret, فَقَدْ فَازَ الْمُتَّقُونَ For indeed those who observe the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the successful ones. Allah maja'alna minhum amin ya rabbal alameen. Ibad Allah, O servants of Allah, Allah azza wa jal created us for a very, very noble purpose. In fact, it is the most noble purpose for which he has created any of his creation. And that is to worship him and him alone subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in his book in Surah Al-Dhariyat وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created jinn kind and mankind except to worship me and me alone. And so worship, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and singling him out in ibadah, it is the highest maqam, it is the highest rank, it is the highest station, which exists between the servant and his Rabb. Allah Azza wa Jal described his Prophet Muhammad in many places in the Quran with this description of being an Abd. And so there is no negative meaning when we call ourselves servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather this title, it is an honored title to possess. Allah tells us about his prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah and he describes him and he says Subhana alladhi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa alladhi barakna hawla and Allah as well described his prophet and he says that all praise and glory belongs to Allah alladhi asra bi'abdihi the one who took his servant on the night journey and note Allah uses the word abd abdihi Laylan, during the night, Allah took him on a journey from Masjid al-Aqsa, sorry, from Masjid al-Haram, ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa, alladhi barakna hawla, in which we have blessed the surroundings of this masjid. In another place, Allah Azawajal mentions, and he described his Prophet with a description of being an abd, and Allah says, Alhamdulillahi alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba, وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِوَجًا Allah says that all praise belongs to Allah alone. 
الذي انزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا the one who has revealed to his servant his abd the book ولم يجعل له عوجا and he made no crookedness in this book there is no falsehood in this book this book does not contain any باطل so in all of these places in the Quran and many others Allah describes his prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu wassalam with this characteristic and this description of being an abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and haqiqatul ubudiyah the reality of being a servant and showing servitude to Allah azza wa jal is that the believer diverts all of his attention and all of his focus solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he only worships Allah azza wa jal that he only seeks fulfillment of his needs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he only places his trust in Allah azza wa jal and he only seeks help and assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the reality of being a servant of Allah also means that we take judgment from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu فَإِن تَنَزَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ That if you dispute with regards to any matter of the religion, return it back to Allah, and that means the Qur'an, وَإِلَى رَسُولِ And to his Prophet Muhammad والسلام, meaning his sunnah. And this is the reality of being a servant to Allah Azza wa Jal. His statements and his actions, it is all based upon Kitabullah wa sunnati Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he describes a certain group of his servants and of his creation and he describes them with a very very special description and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to them as Ibadur Rahman Allah refers to them as the servants of the most merciful and so this title it is a distinguished title. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attached these servants, He attached it to His noble self. Allah said, Ibadur Rahman. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave honor and nobility to the Kaaba and He called it the Baytullah. And of course, this does not mean that Allah azza wa jal has a physical house. But this is something which is known as Idafatul Tashrif. It is a title of honor which Allah gives certain of His creation. Like Allah Azawajal said, Naqatullahi, the she camel of Allah. Does it mean that this is Allah's physical camel? But Allah attached this camel to his name to give it status and honor. And so Allah described a certain group of his servants with this title and he called them Ibadur Rahman. And they were given this title to separate them and distinguish them from all other creation. Because each and every single creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is his servant. Each and every single creation which exists, then it is an abd of Allah. Whether this creation accepts this or whether they deny this, they are still under mashiatillah. They are still under the divine command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah mentioned in Surah Maryam, He says, "In kullu man fi samawati wal ardi illa atiya rahman abda." Allah mentions that each and every single creation 
fis-samawati wal-ard in the heavens and in the earth illa atiyar rahman abda they all come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an abd so whether the non-believer accepts the fact that they are a slave of Allah they are still slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether we as Muslims submit to the divine will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfill the commands of Allah and abstain from his prohibitions whether we accept this or reject this we are still servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah Azawajal gives this group of servants a special title and he calls him Ibadur Rahman and the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those whom the shaitan has lost all hope and despair of overpowering them and misguiding them as Allah mentions to us in Surah Al-Sad فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ That shaitan, he took an oath and he took a qasam and he said فَبِعِزَّتِكَ He said by your honor O Allah and by your might لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ I will misguide each and every single one of your servants and shaitan made the exception and he said إِلَّا إِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ Except those from amongst your servants who are sincere to you and who dedicate their worship to you. So shaitan has lost all despair over the servants of Ar-Rahman for he has no, no hold over them. Just like Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Hijr verse 42 إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ that indeed my servants, inna ibadi, indeed my servants, and Allah tells the shaitan, you will have no authority and no power over them. Except those from amongst them who deviate from the straight path and they follow your path. So the question we ask ourselves, O servants of Al Rahman, do you want to be of the servants whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described as the servants of Ar-Rahman? And the answer would be, most certainly we want to be from amongst those whom Allah praised and gave this special description. Allah mentions them in Surah Al-Furqan and he opens the description and he says, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِي يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا The first description, Allah describes him and he says that the servants of Ar-Rahman, they are those whom hawk upon the earth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humbleness and humility. So they are very distant from kibr. They are very, very distant from arrogance. And they are distant from pride. Because they realize that they are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That no matter what level they've reached in their lives, whether they are a doctor or an engineer, or no matter the title they have, they recognize that they are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so they humble themselves when they walk upon the earth of Allah. For Allah created us 
from Turab. Allah created us from earth. And from this earth we will return. And Allah will resurrect us once again from this earth. So how can a servant who has been created from clay and from soil have arrogance and pride? So Allah describes when he says, الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا That they are very humble in the way they conduct themselves. They are humble in their manners of walking and they are distant from arrogance and being yani, deluded by themselves. Because I have money, I drive a nice car, so now I can deem myself better than the next person. Rather, they are from amongst those who when they increase in the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they become more humble. Because they recognize that whatever blessings they have, it is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ Whatever bounty you have, it is only from Allah. It is not due to my exertion and my effort. But it is due to the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. And so the way we walk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives value to the way we walk. It is a display of our akhlaq. The way you walk, it is a display of your internal self. If you are a person who has arrogance and pride in your heart, it will be displayed in your actions. If you are a person who is humble and submissive inside your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will be seen in your actions. Just like Allah mentions to us in Surah Al-Luqman, when Luqman admonished his son, and he gave his son this advice and he said, وَلَا تُسَعِّرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا Allah mentioned that when you address people, or people are addressing you, do not turn your face when they are talking to you. This is an etiquette we need to teach ourselves, and we need to teach our children as well. That when somebody talks to you, you face the person. Because this was the Prophet Muhammad's akhlaq. That he addressed the beggar and he addressed the king the same. He didn't distinguish this person of a high status and this person of a lesser status. So I treat him like this and I treat him, you know, because he's a beggar, I treat you, I look down upon you. So the Prophet Muhammad when he should address people, he would look at them and he would face them. And when they addressed him, he would turn his focus to that person and he would make that person feel as if they were kings. And so this is the first attribute of the servants of Ar-Rahman, that they walk upon the earth from which they have been created. They walk upon the earth in a humble manner. Allah goes on to mention and he says, وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا and when they come across people who are ignorant, and Allah uses the word jahilun, people who lack adab, people who lack akhlaq, what is the approach we should apply to the situation? Allah says, وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا That when the ignorant speaks to them, they say salam. 
So a person addresses you in a manner which is unbefitting. He swears at you. He treats you in a harsh manner. How do we react? Allah mentions idfa' billati hiya ahsan. Reciprocate in a better manner. Don't fight fire with fire. Somebody speaks to you in an ugly manner, then address him in a good manner. Somebody is harsh to you, you show gentleness towards him. And this is the response of the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. For as Anas ibn Malik he reported an incident when an A'rabi, a Bedouin, and we know the Bedouins in the time of the Prophet they were known for their coarse nature. They were rough and ready. They were known for their roughness. And so this Bedouin came to the Prophet Muhammad and the Prophet wore a Yemeni garment that was very coarse. And so this Bedouin, he tugged the neck of the Prophet And Anas said, he tugged him so hard that when I looked at the neck of the Prophet I could see the traces of this garment in his neck. And so this person said, Ya Muhammad, and this is the first sin he commits, that we do not address the Prophet Muhammad as Ya Muhammad. Do not address the Prophet as if he is one of you, but rather he is the Messenger of Allah and he is the best of creation. And so he says, Ya Muhammad, give me of the wealth which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. What was the Prophet's reaction? The Prophet Muhammad he laughed and he commanded that this Bedouin be given of the wealth which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet. So how would we react? Majority of us, our reaction would be that this person is not deserving of wealth. Why? You harmed me. And so you know what? I'm going to withhold the blessings of Allah upon you. But the Prophet Muhammad who was the best of creation and the one whom Allah Azzawajal described in his book and he said وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That O Muhammad you are upon an exalted standard of character. And so we believe in the Prophet but we also need to follow his teachings. And so Allah mentions وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا That when the ignorant address them, they say salam. They don't react in the same manner, or they don't react upon the anger. They simply say, salama, peace be unto you, and they move off. The next attribute Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the servants of Ar-Rahman, and he describes them, and Allah mentions, وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا There are those who spend a portion of the night سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا They spend a portion of the night in sujood and in qiyam And this means that they establish the night prayer It's been now over a month Just over a month that the month of Ramadan has left us and in the month of Ramadan, we engage in the night prayer each and every single night. We engage in taraweeh. And this is a form of the night prayer. Now ask myself and yourselves, when you established taraweeh, how did you feel inside? Did you not feel fulfilled? 
Did you not find yourself becoming more happy? And this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has only placed happiness in his obedience and he has placed happiness in his worship. And so the servants of Ar-Rahman are those who stand in the night prayer, sujjada wa qiyama. They stand particularly in the darkness of the night, in the last third of the night, they stand in prayer. So coupled with them having the best of character, they walk upon the earth in a humble manner. When the ignorant address them, they say, Salama, they do not react in an ugly manner. Coupled with this, they're also very eager to achieve good and they give importance to their own rectification. <coughs> and so the night prayer is something which is extremely special. For at this time, particularly in the last third of the night, the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad also mentions that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He descends to the lowest heaven when the last third of the night occurs. And this is the time of the night that the believer must take advantage of. If you have a need that you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring and to make a reality for you, then this is the time of the night you should be seeking help from Allah. And if you have a need and you are not standing up in the last third of the night, then that means you don't really have a need. For at this time Allah Azza descends and He says, Who from amongst my servants is seeking my forgiveness, so I may forgive him. Who from amongst my servants is asking of me, so I may fulfill and give him what he asks. And so the Ibadur Rahman are those who stand up in the night prayer, particularly in the last third of the night. If you can't stand up in the last third of the night, then before you pray your witr, pray two raka'at, pray four raka'at, conclude with witr, and this is a way of establishing the night prayer. So Allah Azza mentions that they offer amongst those who spend part of the night sujjada wa qiyama. And Allah mentions the word sujood. Because the closest a servant can be to Ar-Rahman, it is sujood. It is while he is in prostration to his Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this part of the night we mentioned, it is the part of the night where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts your du'as. So if you are in prayer and you are in sujood, you are the closest toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So your du'as is readily accepted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah mentions and he goes on to mention that the description of the Ibadur Rahman, there are those whom say, وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّ نَصْرِفْ عَنَّ عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمَ إِنَّ عَذَابَهَا كَانَ غَرَامَ إِنَّهَا سَاءَتْ مُسْتَقَرَّ وَمُقَامَةً They are amongst those who say, رَبَّ نَصْرِفْ عَنَّ عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمَ Oh Allah, avert and divert from us the punishment of the hellfire. And so there are those who fear the fire of Jahannam. The fire of Jahannam, as the Prophet Muhammad also mentions, it is 70 odd times hotter than the fire of this world. Now we ask ourselves the question, who can observe patience in the fire of this dunya? Allah Musta'an. The fire of Jahannam, it is 70 times hotter than the fire in the dunya. 
and say they are amongst those who fear the punishment of Allah. And they say, Oh Allah, divert us from the fire of Jahannam, for indeed its punishment, it is great. So firstly, they believe that there is a hellfire. Or iddat lil kafirin. It has been prepared for those who disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish with the hellfire whomsoever is deserving of being punished in it. And there are also those who supplicate to Allah azza wa jal and they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save them from the, the punishment of Jahannam. And so when we look at the life of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that servant of Allah was forgiven all of his previous sins and that which was still to come. But yet the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to seek refuge with Allah from the fire of Jahannam. So what about us? What about this weak creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How much in need are we of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the hellfire? And so there are those who say, Oh Allah, take us and avert us from the hellfire. Another description Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them, and Allah mentions, That they are amongst those whom when they spend, whether it be the spending which is wajib. And the spending which is wajib is that which you as a male, a Muslim male, you need to spend on your family. So nafaqah. That you make sure that your kids have a roof over the over the heads. That you make sure that your wife has a roof over her head. You make sure that they are clothed. And you make sure that they are fed. And so Allah says they are from amongst those who when they spend spend Lam Yusrifu. Lam Yusrifu Yani, they do not waste when they spend. They are not extremely extravagant. Allah Musta'an. And we all fall into this. We eat extravagant meals. We take our families out and we pay 600, 700 rand. We buy our kids clothing. We buy them the best of brands. Takis 1,200. Mafi Mushkila. This goes against the Quran. Allah mentions that the servants of Ar-Rahman, they are those whom when they spend, they are not extravagant. But they are between, between being very cheap and between being extravagant. So they know that this wealth which was given to them, it is an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on the day of Qiyamah, one of the first questions a servant will be asked, it is, how did you earn this wealth and what did you do with it? How did you earn this wealth and what did you do with it? Did you earn this wealth through a halal avenue or did you earn it through a haram avenue? And then secondly, what did you do with this wealth? Did you spend it upon those whom has a right over you? Or did you spend it upon yourself and waste the money? Our time doesn't allow us, O servants of Ar-Rahman, to go through the rest of the qualities of the Ibad Ar-Rahman, of the servants of Ar-Rahman, which has been mentioned in Surah Al-Furqan. 
So we advise yourselves and ourselves to go back to the surah and to revise these qualities so that we can learn it firstly and we can imbibe it in our lives and practice upon it. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. We end upon this note. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka.